You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. We're on episode 13 of season three, the one where Monica and Richard are just friends. I'm Ryan, and I'm headed straight for the porno. And I'm Mark. This is a family place. Put the mouse back in the house. <laughs> that sounds awful, <laughs> given the one I use. It's just like, this is a family podcast, put it away. I, I'm surprised you didn't go with, with that one, because it is the iconic, I guess, phrase or joke of the, the episode. Yeah, well, I think sometimes it's difficult to pick out jokes for the little intro jokes we do, because some episodes, especially the emotionally like impactful ones, tend yeah. to be quite flat. Whereas this, I was like, I just found it funny that I'd be running for porno. <laughs> I, I, I think you're letting out a, a bit too much of your uh, <laughs> personality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, how do you remark? It's been a while. It feels like it's been a while. Yeah, I think we need to apologise first. Uh, apologies for the mess up of podcasts and lateness of podcasts. The, the last episode, uh, I actually launched it at the start of October and didn't realise that the file hadn't actually uploaded correctly. Oh. So, and I can't, you can't actually launch the podcast without a file. So I don't know how it launched it, but then tells me there's no file. Weird. So uh, that got fixed as of today of this recording. So that episode has appeared. And uh, me and Ryan screwed up in our recording schedule. We did. We recorded ahead of time. we we record all these episodes ahead of time, sometimes weeks ahead, sometimes days, to try and make sure that we are consistent. We had too much enthusiasm and excitement about certain episodes, and less so about others, and forgot we hadn't recorded them. Yeah, I think we, we <laughs> planned to record them, and then we, whatever reason, we didn't, and then we carried on writing our episodes, and we just did the latest ones, which meant that we missed out on this one. I mean, not that we don't like the following two episodes, but... You know, the two that follow are much better. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? <laughs> so so we, we massively screwed up. And then I went away on holiday for a little bit. Went to, to Miami to uh, hang out with uh, Magnum P.I. Yep. How, how, was, how was Miami with the crazy hurricane dramas? Uh, it's very beautiful there. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I was due to go to Orlando. And the hurricane came and shut the airport. So I had to do some last-minute changes and go to Miami instead. Uh, it was absolutely beautiful there. Uh Definitely saw lots of drug boats and drug houses. <laughs> uh, no one in moustaches, surprisingly, but lots oh. of beautiful people. And then, yeah, then went to Orlando, which was uh, generally fine and did the whole Disney World stuff. Uh, so, yeah, not, not very Friends related. No. But it sounds like you had a nice time, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And what about you? I've not been doing much. I've been, you know, staying here, doing, you know, the usual gaming, reading, nerdy shenanigans. Just finished a review today which will be published way before you hear this episode, but yeah, still. And no one's going to read, probably. <laughs> you should all go to gamehope.co.uk and have a look at my A Plague Tale Requiem review. There we go. Plug, well, plug, plug. Well, I, I guess as we've, we're actually quite late on this podcast, we probably should just get straight into it because everyone's eager. Uh, they've, they've missed us. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. well, we'll be open with Monica rushing into a video store. Wow, dated much? Like, we wanted the show set in the 90s, and there's been plenty of old tech to remind us, you know, pages, channels, three megabytes of RAM. Um, but a video store hits me right in the nostalgia. Yeah, you mentioned Blockbuster to anyone. Like, yeah, it was, like, as a child, it was really cool to just go there and wander around and, 
Uh, so look at the the 18 rated films like Terminator and Total Recall and stuff. Be like, oh, that looks awesome, but I can't rent it. Yep. Uh, and and you know, just come across random surprises and be like, oh, this looks interesting from the cover. Like people would spend half an hour, an hour. Yep. Just looking through videos, or, or just be like, oh, this one's sold out. Uh, I remember in the 90s when Austin Powers came out on VHS. Um, it was a film that didn't do well at cinema, but it did massively well on VHS. And I remember adverts for Blockbuster in the UK being like, we have all the Austin Powers. And they had like a, a screen like where they showed the, the walls of, of, of a Blockbuster store just filled with Austin Powers. They're like, don't worry, we will definitely have a copy for you. And I think that was their big thing in like the late 90s, early 2000s of like, if you want to rent a film from us, we've got it. We have yeah. all the films. Uh, but I wonder if they were still around now, if people would be that interested. I know obviously we've got streaming and stuff and that. That's what killed it. Um, but would you go there and want to spend £5 to rent a film and get some expensive popcorn? I mean, I worked at a Blockbuster for a while um, and I enjoyed discounted Haribo Tangtastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think it, it's the definition of kind of obsolete nostalgia in the sense of do I have fond memories that pop into the video store? I mean, we in my area, we had a local independent video store, yep. which shows you how long ago that was. Um and it was great. I mean, my cousins would come over on Saturday nights and then my mum would take us to the video store and everyone, the four of us would pick a movie each. Um, I'd normally convince her to let me rent movies I wasn't old enough to watch. I think I was nine when we rented Alien. And, this okay. me. Um, and it was great. It's nice nostalgic memories. But the idea now of, like if I said to my little brother and sister, guys, let's go for a walk and pick a movie to watch, they'd just look at me like I was an idiot. Yeah. Because it, the technology made it so much easier. You can still rent it. You can rent off iTunes or Amazon or whatever streaming service you prefer to use. You can just go hit rent for four ninety nine. It's the same, but it's not the same experience. But obviously, if you grew up in a tech world, you're not going to really care. Yeah, I guess I miss that sort of stuff, though. Like, life keeps getting faster and faster, right? And I think it's because of stuff like that. Whereas before, if you wanted to rent a film, you had to plan it, and you enjoy the experience of going out. Whereas now, you don't need to plan or go out or anything, and all the content is just there. Yeah, I get overwhelmed by the amount of content sometimes. I will... Yeah waste two hours watching random four minute long videos on youtube because that seems to flow more naturally than actually sitting down and making the decision about which one of the 17 tv series that seem interesting or have been recommended do i want to watch yep and for me video stores they they often uh, rented out video games and it'd be like sonic free is out now and like oh some kid has rented it and you'd be like going back in he's like is it returned yet is it returned yet is it returned yet and they'd be like no Thursday and then you go back in Thursday going oh they, they decided to keep it and rent it for another three days you're like oh that should have been mine <laughs> I want to play uh, I'd certainly know of kids who would get like a, a an RPG of some kind that had like saves on it and would be like desperate uh, like desperately hoping that no one had like rented that game in the week that they didn't have it because you want you want to continue you want that save yep so, yeah, very, very nostalgic, but um, yeah, I, f- I guess kids nowadays don't know that about them or the feel. For, for me, it's, it's the same with arcades. As soon as you say uh, video store, in your head you can picture the carpet. It's going to be like a blue or red and have like weird 80s patterns on it. <laughs> yeah. The smell of the popcorn, maybe some stickiness, the plastic, the thin plastic that they put the, the front covers in yep. rather than the boxes. Dummy boxes everywhere, which as a yeah. kid used to really frustrate me because there'd be like eight dummy boxes for Resident Evil 3 on the shelf and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to rent Resident Evil 3. Yeah. And then I'd get there and 
it would just be a dummy box. And I've that concept used to annoy me. I'm like, don't put it on the wall if it's not in the drawer. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, being able to watch films the next day. I often had films playing overhead, right? And that, that could even be the thing that entices you. of Like, oh, that's a cool moment. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I never experienced the stress myself, but I can remember my mum stressing to do a moniker here and get the videos back on time. I was going to say that, yeah. Because um, Monica was trying to return the movie in time, but it's now $6 as it's 8 o'clock. Well, the cut-off's 8 o'clock, and it's now 8.02. This dude works as a jerk. Yeah, there was always the fear when you put it in the, the post box, you'd be like, have they definitely got it? Because, you know, some people would try and fish them out, and they change their box designs and stuff to stop that. But, yeah, you would always be like, I definitely did return it, or you'd be freaking out if, if you'd rented a film for someone else, and they didn't care about returning it. You're like... My late fees are going to be massive. Yeah. I may have helped contribute towards Blockbusters going bust because I would almost never charge anyone late fees. <laughs> we had this system at Blockbuster called Don't Drop It in the Dropbox, where if you, we would cancel your fine if you rented another movie. So you'd be giving us a fiver instead of a tenner, basically, and taking a movie home. Yeah. So it felt to the customers like, oh, they're getting a good deal because they get to rent the film for a fiver. But it just actually meant you could just keep renting movies out. So it right. was like a sustainable business thing, which. But even then, I'd just be like, you know, if they want to do that, I would. But if they didn't, I'd just wipe the fine because... Yeah, because towards the end of Blockbuster, they definitely would get rid of fines and send in the adverts like, no more late fees. Yeah. I just didn't. I just thought it was a stupid idea. It's like if, you know, if someone hasn't asked, if it's a movie that's ancient, like if someone's came in and rented Doctor No on VHS or DVD, I'm not going to find them because the, no, no one else tried to rent it. If it was like the hot movie of the week, fair enough, but... When it's somewhat random that they just like watching because it's a family favourite. Like, I'm not going to charge a family a fiver because they wanted to watch yeah. Homeward Bound again. <laughs> or it used to be charged if you didn't rewind the tape. Yeah, I wasn't that old, thankfully. Yeah. I was a uh, <laughs> DVD era. <laughs> um, but uh, Monica tells the clerk he's going to have to help her out because she only has $3. And then we hear a familiar voice from behind offer to help. It's Richard without his moustache. Which, what the hell is this, Mark? Uh, yeah, he looks weird, right? I don't like it. No. No, he's, he's, I don't, his look is totally wrong. He's odd, creepy. Yeah, I don't like it. He, I, I don't know why he's got rid of the moustache. I was hoping that maybe you'd done some research and you know maybe he was in a film role or something that had to get rid of it. Mark, this is not a horror movie. I'm not like the, <laughs> the pretty blonde at the start of the film that looks at the scary thing and decides to investigate. I, just, I don't like it. I'm you didn't go down in the basement no, and find I'm out. I'm not going into the basement of the scary house that is Richard's moustacheless face. Yeah, I, won I wonder why he did it. Like, you know, you have to assume maybe the moustache is a, a very magnum PI thing or perhaps like, yeah, he does look better with it. He does look much better. I mean, I would assume there's a role where he, he couldn't have it. So mm. it was shaved off and then he popped back for his guest spot. Um, but it could be worse. He could have panties stuck to his leg. Like Monica does. Yep. Yeah. Universe strikes again here, Mark. Bumping into the X at the worst time is basically a universal constant. I feel like everyone's been there at some point. Um, but yeah, the pair hug, and Richard ends up with Monica's panties in his hands, and he pockets them, which is... <laughs> which, out of context, is really creepy, but I, I he's just trying to savour the embarrassment. Yeah, if it was the other way, I still find that weird why you'd want anyone's underwear. Well, he, I think he, he hides them. He takes them to hide her embarrassment and, you know, not embarrass her. Yeah. Because it's Richard. If Chandler had done this, we'd assume it was creepy. Like, Richard yeah. does it and you assume that at some point he's going to be like, oh, by the way, here you go, have your panties back. They're on your leg in, yeah. in Blockbuster. Whereas you assume Chandler's going to keep them and put them in his pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you were about to go, yeah. go with that. <laughs> do, do some uh, obscene. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we get the titles of the show. Four claps. Okay. Did the Karen. 
Um, but we rejoined the pair having a laugh about the shop in the background who is clearly going to rent some porn, which is an odd concept in, you know, 2022. Like, we've said the blockbusters is weird and renting movies is weird. Having to take your porn to someone to well, ask for is just weird. Like, Hello, I would like this copy of Boobs. Yeah, it's the same as magazines, isn't it? It's like, have you not heard of the internet? Yeah. Because I'm sure you'd blow their mind. Like, yeah, how do magazines like that still exist? Yeah. I, I don't understand. Uh, maybe it's just like an old people thing. But you know, I like my porn the old-fashioned way. Well, it's, yeah. Ma- 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they like the physical aspect of uh, of book reading, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's the Stanley <laughs> quote about digital comics? He's like, comics are like boobs. They're great to look at, but I prefer having them in my hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I've never understood even renting the videos at, at, at these places. I, I don't know what you used to get before either. I assume it wasn't that. I don't know, gross in a in a sense. I, I don't want to think about I, it. I think I think the it would have been pretty tame back then. But yeah, you there was always the uh, the stores that had the the curtains or the the beads. Yep. In the walkway, you got a which is always find funny because I guess you can't just have it on display in case kids see it. Yeah. But then putting a barrier in the way kind of makes it this like weird. Well, yeah, you you egg each other on to be like go and run in there. Go, Mark, go look at the poops. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I don't. It's just such a weird concept for anyone who's like under forty now. Yeah, I feel like it's a weird concept for most people in general. But yeah, if yeah. you if you're not from that era, it would be even worse, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, Richard asks Monica if she wants to get a burger, but Monica thinks it's too soon. Although Richard doesn't, because he'd uh, eaten earlier in the day. Yeah, <laughs> which I like. I like that joke. It's good. Um, next morning we're at Monica's, and the gang minus Phoebes are having breakfast. Chandler's making chocolate milk, and Rach needs to leave for work. Ross isn't happy. Um, but Rach promises to wake him up in a popular way. What would that be? I don't know, but Ross <laughs> smiles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so even though I don't know what that, that deal is, I would probably take it. I mean, I'd go to sleep at 16, 30 in the afternoon, might get that deal. I, I mean, the the worst way to be woken up is when you was like, young, late for school, and your parents would get like a flannel, make it wet and rub, rub it in your face. That sounds like that sounds like waterboarding. It my, does. That never yeah, happened. No, that never no, happened no. in my house. I don't know what you southerners get up to, but... Well, yeah, we we have to get up. My mum was just loud. Oh, okay. So she would just scream, and like the floor would vibrate, and we fell out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> but Phoebe joins the gang, and she's met a cute guy uh, who's going to teach a load of jock stuff. Uh, Phoebe's part of the deal is that she's going to let him, which I really like how she says that. And then Monica leaves her bedroom, and we get our first clip of the episode. Morning. Hey. 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 Somebody got in late last night. Yeah, well, I ran into Richard. What? <gasps> when did this happen? Oh, um, around 8.02. Um, <laughs> we uh, talked for a little while, and then um, we went out for an innocent burger. Oh, there's no such thing as an innocent burger. <laughs> well, are you going to see him again? Tomorrow night. Monica, uh, what are you doing? Well, she spent the last six months getting over him, and now she's celebrating that by going on a date with him. <laughs> It's not a date, okay? I'm just gonna teach him how to make a lasagna for some potluck dinner he has. Well, you might want to make a little extra because, you know, you'll probably be hungry after the sex. Mm. <laughs> We're not gonna have sex, okay? Nothing's changed here. He still doesn't want children, and I still do. So that's why we're gonna just be friends. Naked friends. I've got to love all the bands here. Like, I think this is what shows you the difference between like really good friends like if they can have banter like this where you are taking the mick out of each other a little bit 
but it's all good humoured fun. Like Joey's joke was really funny. Yeah. Ross's follow up was good as well. Yeah, it's, it's that kind of. I'm going to say something that to anyone else would be mean, but we're close enough for, for you to know it's coming from a place of love, yeah, as opposed to just being horrible. To yeah, we're, we're just just rubbing you and being funny, right? Yeah, just. I mean, yeah, we. Oops. I mean, our friendship group is a prime example of, yeah. of saying horrible things to each other. In, in I think it's just horrible things in the way of expressing love. <laughs> no, all the horrible things I say are completely, you know, framed by love. They just wouldn't know. And if friends' ever. references. Yeah, friends' references. You just wouldn't know. If you heard it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, my, my favourite ever French joke was when I told Chris who Ross was. Just, <laughs> yeah. it, it just stands out in my mind. Is yep. I'll, I, that, I will never get a better moment of friends' comedy out of life than that. Yeah. I, so, I so, so, so Chris was telling us how he was a mega Friends fan, but we had no knowledge he'd ever watch Friends. Yeah, we were sceptical. This was when we was just about to start the podcast. And uh, he kept telling us how big of a friend's fan he was. So we we would like tease him and question him, and he would get about half them right. Yeah. Until we mentioned uh, Ross, and he didn't say anything. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, Chris, that's a character from Friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we found it very funny. <laughs> it was brilliant. He was not as entertained as we were. <laughs> no. But yeah, that was fun. I definitely peaked with my friendship yeah. there. Um, but Mark, the bigger question here is: Can you be friends with an ex? I think you can. Oh, we always do this. We have big questions, <laughs> and we just go. Yes or no? Yeah, no, no, I, th- I think you can. Like, it, it depends how you break up, right? Uh, how long you've been together. There's, there's loads of complexities to it, but it requires both of you to try hard. And I think maybe from a woman's perspective, they might think if, if they're broken up with you, that you're being friends with them because you always hope there's like a chance, a second chance, basically. Okay. Um, and, you know, whereas maybe if, if like the man broke up with a woman, they probably don't think that they they want them that deeply. I don't know, uh, but I think you can be friends. But it takes both of you to want to to be friends. Yeah, I mean, obviously, listeners to the podcast wonder that Jess and I are still friends. Um, we we didn't. I mean, six months is a long time. I think Jess and I kind of had a few weeks of not talking, and then you know, just how are you doing? Well, how's life? I mean, immediately we yeah. had to hand the keys to our flat back in, so that kind of made things a little easier. But yeah, I mean, there's there's no. Zero. Ooh, maybe one day we we'll get back together. Like Jess is getting married in two months. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've, I've happily moved on. Um, but no, I think it's entirely possible. But I do think you are right that it's massively context dependent. Like, if someone has an affair, um, you know, or you know, sells your comic book collection or something, yeah. you know, something unforgivable, you'd have to be like. <laughs> or, or even in this case, you know, Monica didn't want to break up with Richard. Richie didn't want to break up with Monica. So clearly, like they, they probably can't be friends. Because they do want to be together. Yeah, I think that's the like. At least if you've got that, someone caused it. Not maybe maliciously, but there's a, a finite point where that relationship end failed, as opposed to ended. I guess yeah. you would say um, that it failed, and almost like that kind of trauma is a nice kind of bit of closure. You're like, ah, oh, that chapter is over. Now this person is just friend yeah. Richard. Whereas the, we aren't compatible for some really strange reason that isn't anyone's fault and it's just upsetting. I don't think I could be friends with that person. No, it's, it's just going to cause more upset because you're just going to keep butting heads, I guess. Especially because unless that thing is constantly mentioned, you'll, you'll just slip. Like, I guarantee that if I know if I broke up with a girl because, I don't know, we didn't agree on the same types of tea bags, unless the kettle's on, I'm not going to think about that problem. No. So I'll be hanging out of her and I'll be like, why didn't we work? Isn't she wonderful? <laughs> yeah. And then I'll be like, oh wait, she likes, I don't know, Different. tea bags or whatever. <laughs> Oh, these analogies get worse every episode, don't they? Well, what did you want me to say? <laughs> like, a real life situation. Um, 
But now, later that night, uh, Rach needs some ice, so she pops over to Joey's, and I quite like that, you know, the girl is reading the boy's fridge or freezer for a change. Um, but then Joey tells her to check the freezer. Um, why do you have a copy of The Shining in your freezer? Oh, I was reading it last night and I got scared, so... <laughs> but uh, you're safe from it if it's in the freezer? Well, safer. I mean, I never start reading The Shining without making sure we got plenty of room in the freezer. (laughs) How often do you read it? Haven't you ever read the same book over and over again? Well, um, I guess I read Little Women more than once, but I mean, that's a classic. What's so great about The Shining? The question should be, Rach, what is not so great about The Shining? (laughs) Okay, and the answer would be nothing. All right? This is like the scariest book ever. I bet it's way better than that classic of yours. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we'll just see about that, okay? I will read The Shining, and you will read Little Women. All right, you got it. All right? Okay. Okay. And now, Rage, these, uh, these little women. Yeah. How little are they? <laughs> I mean, are they, like, scary little? <laughs> I've never read either of those books, Mark. Um, I know The Shining is meant to be an amazing book, but apparently the film is a dreadful adaptation of the source material. And Jess got bored midway through the most recent movie of Little Women, done with Florence Pugh in it, and uh, made me change the channel. Yeah, I've owned the DVD for a long time and always wanted to watch it. Of Little Women, The Shining? Uh, uh, No, of The Shining. (laughs) Uh, My issue is that The Shining is in so much popular culture now and has been referenced and ripped on and all sorts that I feel like I've seen the film. Yeah, and, sense, yeah. and I know if I watched it, there's all these iconic moments that the Simpsons and other TV shows have done. Like, you know, you know, here's Johnny like breaking through the door. That when I actually see the film, it won't have the same impact. So yeah, I, 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 I do need to sit down and watch it one day because I, I think the film is actually meant to be quite good. I remember not understanding the here's Johnny reference for years because the character in the book isn't called Johnny. No. It's a reference to the night show with Johnny Carson. Yeah. That's what, but I, that had to be explained to me by probably a YouTube channel. I don't remember. Um, but I'm being like, oh, that makes way more sense now. Um, but where, no. Whereas Little Women has held no interest in me. Like that, that kind of time period and the storyline. And again, that's been featured in lots of pop culture references. Just doesn't intrigue me. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've never read it. In it's not high on the list of things I want to read. I've tried to read a lot of also a few books from that period, and some of them are entertaining, and some aren't. But Mark, we should do this. Make space in your freezer. What's your favorite <laughs> book? We're going to read each of us a book. Oh, this is this is going to be impossible for me to just do off off the cuff. Uh, I'm not I'm not really much of a book reader. Never have been. Uh, like if I do read books now, they're, they're generally documentary style or um, interesting history and stuff. So like a Bill Bryson, you know, Guide to Australia or whatever, like a very, very funny comedian. Oh, okay. Fine. Um, yeah, read, read Bill Bryson books. They're, they're very good, like travel guys. He does loads of stuff on history and like he just tells it in a very interesting, funny way. Um, but yeah, I'm not really much of a book reader. Like I don't have a shelf full of book books. Um but I, I have been playing a game called Doki Doki Literature Club. Yep. Which is free on Steam. And you're going to have to stick with me for a moment here. It's not free on Xbox. I had to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, it's free. Uh, it's, a, it's a game I can't tell you anything about because it's a very short game and uh, it may look like a visual, typical visual novel, but it has like something happens in it that's very intriguing. 
but in there, like the whole point of the game is you you meet up, you're in this like literature club with a bunch of girls, typical visual novel style. And in there, like they were like, oh, we love to write poems and books. What are your favorite books character? And the character goes, I don't really read. I, I read manga. And like, I don't even read manga, to be honest. But all through it, they're, they're like ribbing on him a bit, going like, you know, you should read more books. Here's like some books to read. Here's some stuff. And I'm, I, I related a lot to it because I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't read a lot of books. Fair. I mean, I've never ragged on anyone for not reading. Um, sometimes I tease my little brother because we'll mention books. I've got over and over a book in my life. And I'm like, that makes you sound dumb. He's <laughs> not dumb. It's just the way he says it almost proudly. I'm just like, dude, just have a book. Read something. Yeah. Um, but I've always been a book nerd, a kid like reading, growing up reading the Goosebumps books as a kid. Um, yeah, I've read those. Yeah, like I, I always enjoyed it. I think, if I'm being entirely honest, a novel prose is the purest form of kind of storytelling and I guess art in the sense of it. it's just you and the words and there's there's nothing to get in the way. Like a computer game might have a bug or a janky control scheme, and a movie might have a weird shot that takes you out of it or you know the phone rings. But when you're absorbed in a book, you're entirely in it. Um, so I'll read the Bill Bryson book, Mark, and you have to read The Three Musketeers by Alexander okay. Dumas, which is my favourite book of all time. Okay, I've got a feeling I'm going to hate it because I just hate anything from that time period. It's it's very romantic in the classical sense, not in the romantic sense. Okay. So it's just like, you know, like dashing adventures and, and people being responsible and, and just doing what they need because right. it's the right thing to do and like exciting adventures. And it's weird. A while ago, our mutual friend Neil... He's a big zombie nerd, and his one of his favorite books is World War Z, or Z, depending on part of the world you're yeah. from. And mine being the Three Musketeers, and they happened to release a movie based on each book around the same time. So we came up with a deal that I would watch the Three Musketeers movie with him, so he could laugh at me getting triggered, and I would do the same for World War Z. He got very upset at World War Z and hated it. Weirdly, the Miller Djokovic Orlando Bloom Three Musketeers movie that features airships and a backflipping princess off the top of the palace actually sticks closer to the plot than the majority of classic adaptations okay. of the book, which I was really surprised by. I was like, oh, but there's my letter. Okay, they're doing this. There's the... Oh, okay. So it's actually quite good. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll bring it in uh, and you can give it... I said bring it in like we're in school. <laughs> I'll bring <laughs> it in class, Mark, and then we can read. You just download the ebook for free. It's it's not a protected property anymore. It's so old. You can just download it okay. on your phone for free. But it's very good. Give it a try then. Um, well, I'll turn to a literary podcast for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we now join Phoebe's and her jock entering Central Park. We couldn't stay away for too long, could we, Mark? No. no. Um, Ross and Tyler are on the sofa, and Phoebe introduces Robert, who's wearing shorts, to the guys. Uh, Rob sits down on the arm of the armchair and uh, puts his leg up. That's when Chandler notices something. I'm up. <clears throat> I'm up. I ain't gotten up now. Anybody uh, want anything? I'll have coffee. Yeah, me too. Yeah, make that three. Okay, Ross, why don't you come with me? <laughs> what is the matter with you? What's going on? Robert's coming out. What, what do you mean? He, what, is he gay? No, he... He's coming out of his shorts. What? The man is showing brain. Are you sure? Hold on. <clears throat> I'm sorry, you guys. That was a coffee and a... Coffee? Okay. We could write it down for no, you. No, no, that won't be, uh, won't be necessary. <laughs> well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we do? What do we do? Well, I suppose we just 
Try to not look directly at it. Like an eclipse. Well, the man is showing brain. Uh, I did notice that Chandler was paying an awful lot of attention. He he didn't catch a quick glimpse. He was staring for a little bit. I suppose it's like a you know a, a car crash in shorts. Like, you know, <laughs> what, you, what, what is what is that? Oh, you see it? And go, uh-huh. Oh my god! I can, I can you can't stop looking at it? Like, oh my god! Like it's always that one thing. Like don't look, don't look, don't look. Yep. What does your brain make you do? It makes you have a look. Yeah. Um, I don't know if audibly it's clear what part of Robert's anatomy is on display. What is on display, Ryan? He's genitals. Yes. Or <laughs> <laughs> on, on visible through the back. Which, which is, you know, his showing brain is such a funny, clever joke because, you know, men's uh, brain apparently is not in their head. No. Their loins. I assumed it was a reference to testicles being white. No, 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 no. Like no. a brain? No, no, it's, 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 men, it's men think with, with their genitals, not with their head. Well, this is a much smarter joke than yeah, my Yeah, it's not, it's not a visual, visual <laughs> representation. Balls look like brain. <laughs> um, I'm really surprised you never heard that before. I've heard the expression. I just my, my, <laughs> yeah, it looks like <laughs> my logic of it was just that balls are. I have many really questions. I don't want to even brains. ask now. <laughs> I don't know. Mark, why would you go out in shorts without undergarments? It's just icky. Well, he might have had the shorts that have um, what's it like the netting. So like normally swim shorts, you can get them with like netting in to keep you all in or whatever. Um, I thought the netting was just there so they didn't go entirely transparent. I don't think it was there. No, no, like, the netting is is to hold you in a bit bit better. Short of these shorts, but oh, fair. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, we don't even know what he's wearing underneath. You know, he might have boxers on, like just really loose boxers as well, rather than tighty whities or just nothing. Yeah, I mean, like, we get somewhat of an explanation later on in the episode, but... It's what I like about this is Americans are meant to be quite forthright and forward mm. as a as a people, and Brits are meant to be the, the quiet, like shy. Oh, we we couldn't possibly make a scene. This would not happen. We would not sneak off to the coffee bar to have a chat about the fact that someone's nuts are hanging out of their shorts. No, you. Any time that someone uh, has their their flies undone, you know, you'd be like, mate, you're flying low, or you'd you'd say something to them because you you you're embarrassed for them. You're like, mate. Yeah, it's like it breaches this weird level of social etiquette where yeah. it's okay for you to bring it up because you need to save them from the embarrassment of the what the situation they're in. Yeah, like trap doors open, mate, and you go, ooh, <laughs> yeah. and you turn around and zip it up, and you, know, you just. I feel like we could come up with a list of uh, different euphemisms <laughs> for uh, if your trousers are undone. Uh, but yeah, so it's. I mean, you know, it's a first impression to make if you're uh, if you're Robert. Well, he's he's one of these guys also that it's quite cold in New York. I'm assuming based on what Chandler says. That wears shorts in the cold, and we all know someone, especially in the UK, like normally quite a uh, tough man sort of person who's like, "Yes, it's uh, minus four degrees outside, but I mean my shorts and t-shirt because it is absolutely lovely out." And you're like, "How?" Yeah, my friend guy, he's like six foot something. <laughs> we used to play hockey together. He's always in shorts, like rain or shine, and yep. he's from New Zealand. And I'm like, "But it's warm down there. Like, <laughs> yeah. why are you why are you not in like thermals? Like, where he's like just shorts all the time." And he started trending. Everyone we work with seems to wear shorts now. Whereas when I was in Orlando, like it was getting to 26 degrees Celsius, and I was going, "Oh, better put on a sweater." And I'm like, "Sweater? This is like <laughs> topless weather for, for me. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yeah. oh, I want to get heat stroke. <laughs> yeah, exactly." <laughs> um, speaking of heat stroke, Chandler has a woolen waistcoat on in this scene and it looks so damn cozy and I really want one. 
Okay, so if anyone out there knows where I can get a little waistcoaty, sweatery thing that Chandler's got right now, let me know. I'm going to have to put this episode back on again and go to that scene and see what he's wearing. I feel like it just means I'm old. Like, I've got to the age where I've seen an item McLovin on telly and my brain's gone, that looks cosy. <laughs> you, you need your... Well, you're already halfway there with the tea. You need your leather, leather chair, probably a cat of some kind. I know you're not a cat person, but... I have adopted a cat. You do also need a, a pipe. Yeah, I think then you would complete the transition. I don't know if I want to smoke, but I yeah, you don't. Need to, yeah, you don't need to smoke it. it. Just, I'll just gesture with it. Yeah, like, yeah. Mark, put the kettle on and <laughs> yeah. point, point with it. I have adopted a cat um, unofficially. It just comes to my house, and I've started letting it in. Yeah, you 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 fed it once, and now you own a cat. I fed it about fifty times, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, my household are not impressed, but our cat, the household cat, is rubbish. <laughs> it's it's pointless as its existence like if it wasn't there you wouldn't you'd only notice it wasn't there because you'd be less frustrated that it was crap like it doesn't let you touch it you can barely you can't stroke it you pick it up and it complains it just attacks you for no reason it's it's a, a beast it's a small beast whereas this other cat is 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 half white and half ginger so we've nicknamed him shard after the viral video of ginger from shard okay. do you remember this yeah 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 so he's good and i keep letting him in and feeding him but now he's become bold and has decided that anytime anyone in the house opens the door, he's just going to stroll in. And people are not happy that he's eating the actual cat's food. And I'm like, good, let's just replace them. Let's get the crap cat and put her outside. And then let's keep the nice cat. You know, this has, has so, so little to do with this moment in Friends. I think we need to have some adverts which also have nothing to do with Friends at this point in time. <laughs> you said I'm not a cat person and I'm just saying that I found a cat I like. Explode When Defeated presents something really neat and full of meat. Those children aren't going to protect themselves in a brand new podcast series about everyone's favorite giant reptile. Godzilla? No, we already did that one. Rodan? No, we did that one too. Gorgo? Gamera. We're talking about Gamera. From turtles to medieval samurai golems on our new series, Demolition Die. Only on the HyperX Podcast Network. HyperX has refined their lightweight Cloud Stinger headset and now proudly presents the evolved Cloud Stinger 2. It still keeps the same rotating ear cups, swivel to mute microphone and comfort, but now adds two years of premium DTS headphone X activation. Get even better in-game audio and a number of other refinements for the low, low price of $50. Available now at HyperX.com. Video Death Loop is the show where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore. Along the way, we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy. Come in on any episode. Video Death Loop, new episodes every Friday. It's Halloween month, and that means it's time to get your setup decked out in a new costume. Get 15% off of all pink products at HyperX.com by using code HXPN at checkout. Whether you prefer the chic pink accents of the Pulsefire Haste or the snazzy metallic pink of the Allo Origin 60 keyboard, this is definitely the month to think pink. Head over to HyperX.com and check out the selection and enter code HXPN, as in HyperX Podcast Network, in all caps to get your 15% discount at checkout. Welcome back, Mark. So yeah, we know you like cats now. Yeah, cats are okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we now join Monica and Richard just being friends as they make food for Richard's dinner party and they're squishing tomatoes in a bowl and their hands touch there's some sexual tension and Richard has tomato <laughs> juice on his pants 
<laughs> yeah, just just that phrase of you saying it like that is just gross. What sexual tension? Uh, well, more the Richard has tomato juice on his pants. Richard has tomato juice yeah, on his yeah. pants. <laughs> Lots of innuendo. Yes. Um, why do films and TV think food is sexy? Yeah, I don't get it. Like, I get this isn't going on nine and a half weeks on us, but at the same time, food is not sexy. It's messy, and I can't really think of a food that makes me think, "Ooh, sexy." No, like if someone said, you know, pour chocolate sauce on me and whipped cream, I'd be like, no, like that's messy and not enjoyable. I'll be getting that wet flannel you mentioned at the start of the episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, that was fun. Let's clean this. Bit. <laughs> yes. Like, we're, like, just no, no. Just if if you want if you want to you know get in my good books with food, buy me steak and a pint or some nice wine. Well, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. So yeah, feed feed him well first. Yeah, feed me and then 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 do the second part. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try and combine the two. Because no one does it with food you'd like. Like, I'm not sat there with a steak on someone's butt. Be like, mm. it's, like it's like asparagus is meant to be an aphrodisiac. And, and <laughs> oysters and stuff. I'm like, no. Like, Ugh. Tell that to the set menu I had on Valentine's Day. Asparagus oh. mousse served in a cup. Yep. Uh, anything that's become a mousse that isn't chocolate is gross. Like, I've had salmon mousse before that I've talked about. And no. To be fair, the asparagus mousse in that cup kind of sums up that entire relationship. Because, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah. That menu is not enjoyable. But we're now back at Central Park. And Joey is reading. Chandler is watching. I assume it's the novelty of uh, him reading. But do you see what I did there, Mark? The oh, novelty. Uh, 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 yeah. Let's cut that joke out. Uh, told you I'd hit my comedic peak with friends. <laughs> yes, yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Joey is enjoying the book, but is confused by the sex of the characters and their names. Uh, Joseph comments that lesbians is the only thing missing from The Shining. <laughs> like, it is funny how he loves horror books and only horror books but still finds them too scary to read. I guess that's why he enjoys them, though. Like, they're having the intended... Like, you read a, you read a horror book to be scared, you read a sci-fi book for a sense of wonder. You know, if you're not getting any of those things from it, don't read it. He basically needs a book that, that includes lesbians, includes a bit of horror, and probably, like, a big sandwich as well. I think that's the, the kind of book Joey needs. Yeah. That so he needs sandwich... Well, sandwich... Scary sandwiches... No, we're, we're women holding sandwiches... With someone with a chainsaw that's going to harm if, the sandwich. What if someone's making scary lesbian sandwiches? <laughs> I don't even... Would you read that? That sounds like someone else. That sounds <laughs> yeah. like the guy's gone for the porno again. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Ross is also reading. Um, it's a book called Race. How Blacks and Whites Think and Feel About the American Obsession. Which is actually a real book. Unlike Be Your Own Windbearer <laughs> or Keeper. Whatever it was. Um, I, I saw it was like what does it say because I I'd obviously just spotted the race oh did, did you enhance and zoom in I just saw it like he flicked the thing mm. and I was like what that did it say race so, you know, what's he reading and I assumed it was about you know running and then obviously remembered the American obsession and was like oh no it's about race okay. well, that's, um, that's interesting that he's, he's into that but that's a, I mean it, it's a very Ross book to read to be fair yeah um, looks quite interesting and it looks a lot better than Be Your Own Windkeeper so fair enough um, but Phoebe joins book club with Roger after they've been playing basketball Roger puts his leg up on the arm of the couch Chandler retreats and Joey gets an eyeful what are you doing? get back over on your side of the hello hi I'm Joey we haven't met uh, good to meet you Robert <laughs> what? What? You guys, what is going on? Do you not like Robert? Why are you laughing? Calm down, there's no reason to get testy. You guys, come on. 
we're sorry. We're sorry. It just seems that Robert isn't as concealed in the shorts area as uh, one may have hoped. What do you mean? Hey. Hey. Uh, Robert, could you uh, uh, pass me those cookies? Sure. Uh, yeah, Eiffel was probably not the best choice of words to use uh, in this situation, Ryan. No, probably not. I mean, you know, at least it's an Eiffel and not a bit of an eye. You know, if you're going to have an Eiffel, you may as well have an Eiffel. I don't even know what you're saying right now. <laughs> Never mind, I'm not going to explain it. Um, we're back at Monica's and she's on the phone to Richard. But remember, Mark, they're just friends. Just friends. Yep. And they're chatting about how the meal went and they just go, hard it is being platonic. Um, there's a knock on the door. It's Richard. The phone call ends and the kissing starts. Well, saw this coming, didn't we? Yes. Just, just, yeah. I mean, I'd probably kiss Magnum PI too, to be honest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you could have gone any way you wanted with that and you chose Magnum PI. I mean, look, it's Richard. Like, he's just manly. Like, I, I think your moustaches would get all tangled up. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no, wait, he doesn't have one. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, yeah, that's why. Maybe you shaved it for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we then find the pair in bed together. Uh, it seems like more than kissing started and then ended. Um, they I chat- hope they had that burger then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they chat about how they can just be friends who have sex. Yeah, I don't see this working out. No, it, it doesn't. Like, that sort of thing can only last so long before someone catches feelings. And they've already had the feelings for a year, so... Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where either someone catches feelings or... Just kind of runs its course. Like yep. it's just like, oh, okay, this was exciting, you know, the first couple of times because it was new, and now it's like, okay, well, we've done that before. I've seen that. Or you, you basically do become a boyfriend, even if you keep saying that you are not boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, you just kind of fall into the relationship, <laughs> yeah. whether you want to admit it or not. <laughs> uh, but Richard has a blind date next week. He offers to cancel it, but Monica tells him not to, as they're just friends, uh, and it's plain to see that neither of them believe this mm, at all. Yeah, like if he went through with it. Monica would just find it very icky at this point, right? Yeah, just be honest. Like, I mean, I guess they're both enjoying what's happening and they're like, oh, but if we do get back together, we have to have a scary conversation again. Yeah. Whereas at this point, they can just be like, yeah, sure, you go on a date, but I'm, I know myself, I know that I wouldn't be probably comfortable with that. I'd be like, no, why are they out on a date? What if they're funnier than me? Yeah. And I'd just get in my head about it and be miserable all evening. Exactly. Uh, but Phoebe's jock education continues as Robert meets Phoebe at the coffee shop and she's bought him a gift. Stretch your pants. Um, he says he can't wear them as he ironically feel like he's on display. I, I, I really like the way Chandler's like, you should wear them, wear, wear them every day. Like the way he just repeats his words yeah. and stutters almost. Like he's so tired of seeing seeing Robert's bits. Yeah, um, pretty much right. Like, I guess we've kind of glossed over this because we let the clips do the talking. But yeah, like it's a bit much uh, seeing all that. Like you don't want to see that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's... It's it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's just it's awkward for everybody involved. But I feel like the quicker you address it, the less you have to see. And you know, pe- people naked are not generally, or well, maybe not naked. Like their bits are not generally that attractive. I mean, there's you know context. I guess like yeah. context is key here. Like if you know if we're in a candlelit room and I'm you know in the mood, then things are gonna look a lot more appealing than if I'm trying to eat an ham sandwich in the middle of you know. <laughs> <laughs> your choice of words again is <laughs> not great well if i'm you know trying to eat a, you know my sandwich and crisps with a cup of tea and maybe a dairy milk afterwards i'm probably not going to be like oh look balls <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think... Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, my brain just put a glass and a half in every one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think anyone can say, like, genitals are, are designed to be attractive. Um, out of context, definitely not. No. 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 It's it's certainly not the coffee, coffee shop, yeah, right? No, in the coffee shop. Keep your genitals away from my tea. Like, that's <laughs> rule number one. Yeah. Um, uh, but Rachel and Joey join Ross and Chandler by the sofa and start chatting books. And uh, a warning, it's a long clip. Hey, Rach. How you doing with The Shining? Oh, Danny just went into room 217. Ooh, the next part's the best. When that dead lady in the bathtub... Oh, no, 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 no. Come on, you're going to ruin it. All right, I'll talk in code. Remember when the kid sees those two blanks in the hallway? Yeah, that's very cool. Oh, all blank and no blank makes blank a blank blank. Oh, no, 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 the end. When Jack almost kills them all with that blank, but then in the last second they get away, oh. Joey, I can't believe you just did that. I can't believe she cracked your code. All right, okay. Lori proposes to Joe, and she says no, even though she's still in love with him, and then he ends up marrying Amy. Hey, mine was by accident. All right. The boiler explodes and destroys the hotel and kills the dad. Uh, Beth dies. <laughs> Beth, Beth dies? Is that true? If I keep reading, is Beth gonna die? No, Beth doesn't die. She doesn't die. Does she, Rachel? What? Joey's asking if you've just ruined the first book he's ever loved that didn't star Jack Nicholson. No. She doesn't die. Well, then why would you say that? Because I wanted to hurt you. Well, we don't have to read those books anymore, Mark. No, we don't. But I, I do love when people tries to do spoilers and they're like oh you know when when blank does the thing with the blank and murders the blank it's like yeah you just don't even try to hide it either tell me the spoiler or just don't i mean to me would i mean i'm i'm quite good at talking in code uh maybe from some years of working in the comic book store where you know you'd go see the the new mcu movie at midnight and then be in the shop the next morning going like when blah 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 does the blah 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 and it was yeah. but something like the shining has got like you said you're so aware of everything around the shining that it's really hard to you know blank blank make a blank blank like it's so obvious <laughs> yeah. what that's going to be that even if if Joey was better at talking in code you'd probably still decipher it yep um, also we talk a lot on the show about the way the group pander to Joey at weird times you know, sometimes they call him out on his idiocy sometimes yep. they almost encourage it and this is one of those weird moments where they just kind of I guess infantilize Joey in a sense of like, don't upset Joey. It's like he's a grown man reading a book. Like I haven't got patience for the group pandering Joey in this instance. I I kind of liked it because like Rachel clearly hasn't cottoned on like what Joey's getting upset about, and then Rachel was like, "You've just ruined the first book he's ever loved," and it's like, oh, that's actually quite sad in a way that he's like found a book he actually loves that doesn't star Jack Nicholson. But that's why I think but, it's so pandery and it annoys me. It is, like, but I, I kind of like the realisation that she isn't cottoned on like how what he's done to her isn't as bad as what she's doing to him. 
like because you know he he's basically big you know he's grown a little he's found something new he likes because he's probably i wouldn't say close-minded but fairly plain in what he's into and now he's found out something that he never would have tried before and he's actually really enjoying it i guess okay maybe maybe i'll cut the group some slack uh spoilers are the most annoying thing in the universe though um in this like you know media obsessed age in which we live yeah i it depends for me like most of the time the journey for like a film or something is more important than the destination and generally i forget what has happened but it, it can be bad if someone has just told you the spoiler and you're about to watch something and you're just sitting there going when's the thing gonna happen the thing's definitely gonna happen oh that doesn't matter that thing happening there because i know the other thing has to happen yeah and um, then just ruins the film right yeah i mean my most simple i've got is a is an old friend uh called me once and just told me how the fate of the ring at the end of return of the king right because he'd bought the book before the movie came out and we'd all we'd all agree that we would read the books after each film right and then like a week before the movie came out he just called me and told me what happened I don't think I've ever been angry in my life. I feel like I was less angry when Jess became a lesbian. <laughs> like, I was invested in Jess, but the one ring was the one ring. <laughs> like, it was, yeah, it, I was so angry. And it's just, it's irritating because it, if you get robbed of all the, the kind of experience up to that point, yeah. um, you know, like, oh, I'm really excited for this thing. Um, although I can't say spoilers. After binge watching so much Doctor Who over the past, like, year, I can't say spoilers without hearing it in the voice of... Uh, Alex Kingston, when he plays River right. Song in Doctor Who. Are you familiar? No. Cool, never mind, I'll stop talking, no point in playing the reference, you're not going to get. But I hear it in her voice now, essentially, for Doctor Who related reasons. Okay. Um, but uh, Rachel is now home alone reading The Shining. When Monica comes, Monica comes home and startles her, it's okay though, as Rachel has a potato masher for protection. I mean, that's a pretty good weapon to use. Why don't they have a better name? Potato masher. Because they're American. But we don't have a better name for it. It's a, it's a, it's a thing that mashes potatoes. But it's a starch compression tool. Like, that, that, oh, that, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? That sounds like something from Star Trek, doesn't it? Starch yeah. compression tool. <laughs> just like it's, it's just, without being me into Americans, there's a very famous uh, Michael McIntyre skit about how Americans have to give things really simple names because they don't understand. Yeah. Like the sidewalk, because it's on the side of the road and you walk. I'm sure we've done this bit before. Yeah. But to me, potato masher screams of that. But then we don't have a you know clever British version of it. What would you like to call it then rather than starch compression tool? <laughs> I might but I, I don't i don't know because it's well its name sounds ridiculous it does kind of fit the role yeah it, it yeah does exactly yeah mash potatoes yeah yeah do you make good mashed potatoes i do yeah test that theory. I, I was gonna say you put a, a tiny little bit of cheese in but you don't like cheese okay end right <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move swiftly on little, little tiny <laughs> bit of cheese uh adds to the flavor definitely just no just, just, just okay. so wrong. I don't even have words. Well, let, let me explain. Ryan does not like cheese, so he doesn't like pizza, so any opinion he has is null and void. Fine. Right. Let's, 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 let's move back, on. Back, back to friends. Right. Has a book ever scared you that much, Mark, where you've needed some kind of implement to protect you from its pages? No. Uh, I'm reading the Victorian horror compilation at the minute. Uh, it's the works of Arthur Macken, if I'm pronouncing that properly. Um, his most famous work is The Great God Pan. Um, it's unnerving and is more completively scary, um, which I'd argue makes it better. Um, but it doesn't make you actively scared. You just kind of feel sort of like an existential dread. Uh, maybe it's because it's Victorian, so it's designed to kind of let you sit in a kind of drafty manor house and kind of think 
on the potential horror yeah. in a much more cerebral way than maybe like a modern horror book where we're like, and he cut her eyeballs out and put them in a stew. Like, okay, that's just graphic. It's not particularly scary. Well, there's, there's a film out now. Uh, I think it's called The Frightening 2. Uh, that's literally just come out and it's in the news because people are having to vomit in vomit bags and they're being ambulances are being called because they're fainting you know kind of like the 1950s like oh this is so scary you know you, you know ambulance there'll be a registered nurse besides the cinema in case you you need to faint or whatever um and it's a horror film and i've seen like a, a one minute clip of it it's actually quite comedic uh like, so it, it will show like lots of gruesome stuff of this woman like having her eye cut open and stuff like that. But it's all done with like latex models and stuff. So you're watching it going, oh, that would actually be really gruesome. But because of how it's done, it's almost kind of like comedic in a way. Yeah, but I, I see why people are, are getting like horrified by it. Because it is a little bit janky and low budget, your mind is filling in the blanks compared to if it was like one of the Saw films which shows you in gruesome detail. Be like, oh, it's showing me in such detail that I don't have to imagine it, so it's not as scary as my imagination. That's fair. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I guess, kind of Hitchcockian in the sense that it, it's what you can't see that tends to scare me yes. more than anything else. Like, there's one of my favorite horror movies of all time is a film called Wrong Turn, um, and that's not overly gory. I mean, you know, I wouldn't let kids watch it, but it, it's more like the kind of the implication of the situation they're in is the scary part. It's, a, it's the tension, the music, and everything else. Yeah, that normally makes you more scared than. What's actually happening? The first time I tried to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the day it was, the ban on it was lifted in the UK. Okay. And they aired it on Channel 4, like quarter to 11 or something really late. And the opening five minutes of Leatherface in the paddock with the chainsaw scared me so much that I made an excuse. Tom and Mom was tired and went to bed. <laughs> and I, that was the thing I like, remember like a month later being like, Ryan, get over this. You'd not be scared of a film. And I watched it and was like, this is crap. Like, it's not scary at all. No. But all the gore and, like, you know, the guy in the wheelchair getting chains on, like, none of that bothered me. It wasn't scary at all. But the initial five minutes of Leatherface just being mad and I've had it freaked me out much more than any gore did. I don't find gore scary no. at all. Well, the very first Resident Evil game came out around 96 and was, like, one of the scariest game ever. And you look at it now and you're like, oh, it's really cartoony. Everything's really bright and colourful. And how's that scary, like, compared to what we have now? But at the time, yeah, I guess it's what you're familiar with. And you can look at films and books that have been banned and stuff and you know in the you know 1900s people seeing a train on the cinema screen coming towards them was like freaking them out <laughs> thinking it's a real train right but you know you're used to seeing spaceships fly around like it's just what you're you get more used to i guess i remember seeing an interview with ridley scott once and he said that he was having like a drink in texas uh after alien that came out and a guy sat next to him and was like oh are you like ridley scott fella and he's like yeah yeah you know who are you and he goes oh my name's like i don't know texas bob um <laughs> texas bob <laughs> and i over in a cinema and he's like, oh, yeah, like your alien movie's great like he, well, it's packing them out and he's like oh, you know i was going and, oh but we uh we had to keep cleaning up because people were like screaming and fainting and being sick similar to your frighteners 2 movie um but i'll be fixed that though and then it was like, how did you fix it? And he went, oh, that chestbuster scene. We just, we just cut out the movie. Oh, and, the iconic scene. And I'm like, wow, can you imagine? Apparently there was a guy in Vietnam. And in Vietnam, for some reason, the sound of music was so insanely popular that he, he just could, was constantly selling out. But he wanted to make more money. So he needed to make the film shorter. So we cut all the songs out. We <laughs> 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 just show it. And I'm like, but... Because cause that chestburster scene is actually really iconic because of how it was filmed. Mm. So they, they didn't tell any of the actors 
what was going to happen. So their screams and their terror and their faces are genuine. They just said, right, you're just going to be here, just going to look at him, something's going to happen, but they didn't explain what, and then they just filmed it. And so, like, one of the actresses, like, she spins around, covers her face, screaming. She run, runs almost off set. It's great. You're like, no, it's, it, that's a natural reaction. Like, that was really well done not to tell them what's going to happen, and that's what like, make, makes the scene better, I guess. I just love how angry that must have made Ridley Scott. His ego isn't the smallest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I just imagine how angry he was at the time. Cut this out, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know what? You got you to gotta do what you got to do. It's your business. You got to do what you need to do. Um, but Monica's had a bad day. But when she opens her bedroom door, Richard is on her bed with wine and flowers. What a win. Where's my wine and flowers <laughs> after a hard day's work? I thought you was going to say, where's my Richard just sitting there topless? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like what I can get, to be fair. If it's been a hard day, who knows what I'd like. But yeah, yeah I'd like some wine and some roses. That'd be quite, quite nice. I don't actually want them. Well, I want the wine. I don't want the roses. I just, it's the effort. This is the kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's like, would, would you buy men? Like, would you buy men instead of flowers? It's like, no, men can like flowers too. It's not necessarily like enjoying the flowers. It's the, what you did. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time I, I threw a massive strap when I tried to run Jess a bath? Oh, let's, let's, let's hear it again. But I, I basically, Jess had had a stressful day at work and I was like, right, I'm going to be nice and I'm not going to like, obviously tell her it's a surprise. So I went out, went across to the shop and bought some candles and like put them all in and got some like, bubble bath that she liked and like made, ran her a bath and I timed it to like, right, she'll get home and I'll do it now. Time to, you know, do the exact moment. And then I lit all the candles, like, you know, put some like you know, smelly stuff in the air and then put the bubble bath in. And it was, it was picturesque and all lit by candles and lovely and cosy. And then I had food that was about to go in the oven that would be ready for when she got out of the bath. And I'm like, yes, million boyfriend points to me. <laughs> like, this is a great plan. And, you know, aren't I wonderful? Pat myself on the back type thing. So that sounds amazing. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then just got home. He explained, I was like, no, don't tell me about your day. All you need to do is give me your bag, give me your shoes, let's get them off. We'll just go put you in the bath and then you can relax and tell me what about your day later when we have some food. And she was like, oh my God. And, you know, you know, Jess was very excited. And I opened the bathroom door and there's no bath. Well, there's a bath, there's just no water in it. <laughs> because it turns out that there was a leak between the plug socket and the actual bath. So I'd run the bath in time and then in the like 10 minutes between me finishing run the bath and her walking through the door, all of the water were drained into the hallway. All of it. Okay. I had such a tantrum. Because, <laughs> like, I, just, I, I had no win. I done all this work and didn't get a win out of it. And I was, she really appreciated the effort. And, you know, it was still, you know, well done, have like a boyfriend point. But I was so angry. I, I'm glad she appreciated it because I thought it was going to go a different way where you'd done all that effort and she did not appreciate it and was like, I'm not in the mood for a bath. I've already had a shower. Don't want this food. I, I've ordered something. She found the whole thing hilarious. Okay, well, like, that's, I, that's good. She appreciates it. I'm pretty sure most of the time. So when I get agitated and like flappy about something like that, and I got an, that annoyed about water not being in a bathtub, which is a stupid thing to get annoyed by, Jess found it quite funny, to be fair. That's good. Um, oh, I'm, I'm getting angry just thinking about it. Stupid <laughs> bathtub. <laughs> um, back at the coffee shop, Ross, Chandler and Phoebes are waiting for Robert. Listen, Robert's going to be here any second, so... Can one of you just tell him? Oh. Please, right oh. now? No, every time I see him, it's like, is it on the loose? Is it watching me? <laughs> we can't tell him. You can't go up to a guy you barely know and talk about his... stuff. He's right, even if it's to say something complimentary. Hey. Hey. So you ready for the gym? They got this new rock climbing wall. We can spot each other. 
Yeah, I can spot you from here. <laughs> what? Okay, listen, Robert. Hey, don't we have to? Yeah, we got, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you're really, really great. Oh, God. Here we go again. Why does this keep happening to me? Is this something I'm putting out there? Is this my fault? Or am I just nuts? I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what to say. Hey, buddy. This is a family place. Put the mouse back in the house. My joke. <laughs> my joke. My joke. Yeah, clearly, right? Yeah, I love this scene. Um, mostly because you can see Lisa Kudrow corpsing in the background. <laughs> well, yeah, like, she, she, you know, she's like, is it watching me? Like, where is it? Like, <laughs> it's like I can spot you from here. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just, there's so many puns. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. But why hasn't she said anything to him yet? Yeah, like, well, the thing is, you don't know, I guess, how far their relationship has gone. Like, has she seen what she can see in the right context yet because I feel like if you had if you'd, if you'd been intimate and seen him naked you'd be like by the way that hangs out your shorts all the time well you don't you don't have to have seen him naked to say that you could just be like hey just so you know you are hanging out but I'm assuming their relationship hasn't got to that point because she feels uncomfortable bringing it up as what? opposed to being like oh I've seen that you know up close so I can just talk about it now <laughs> I don't know I don't, I don't think that matches her her character but I, I did like the way Ross was like you, you can't even be uh, complimentary <laughs> about that stuff it's like like, the okay, Ross, so uh, clearly you've been looking at people and been like, going, that's good. Yeah, like, did, <laughs> when did Ross discover this? Was you just in the bathroom one day and went, excuse me, sir, that's a nice penis you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think you can ever be complimentary, really. Uh, and I don't think you'd ever want to be. I just, I mean, everyone loves a compliment, but at the same time, yeah. I feel like I'm just trying to, like, pee here. Or yeah, yeah, do exactly, I'm exactly doing. right. Like, just, no. Nah weird but it, it's a great scene and Gunther gets a, a nice moment yeah yeah great line uh, it's, it's just how kind of deadpan he is written just serious and nonchalant I guess he's seen it a few times yeah he's you know he's been a coffee shop manager for a while now he's probably seen all sorts literally because you know Chandler Ross and Joey are all like oh can't, can't say anything to him can't say anything and he just wanders over and just does it like a man like a boss yeah I, mean, I suppose he's also kind of got that like the responsibility slash power of being yeah. in charge of the area that's like that's Gunther's space yeah. and in Gunther's space you put the mouse in the house it would have only been funnier if it was Ross and he was doing it in front of Rachel yes but then I imagine there'd be some kind of insult worked in there yeah because Gunther you know <laughs> was I not supposed to <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, um, but we leave all the mice where they're supposed to be and Monica is at Richard's attempting to return the rose and wine surprise. Uh, she's in his bedroom and we hear him enter, but he's not alone, Mark. This random woman wants the tour of his apartment. He opens the bedroom door and notices the setup and quickly slams the door before making his excuses and kicking the woman out. Then he enters his bedroom and the pair have a chat. Well, before the chat, I, I did love the way he like, does the fake joke. Oh, I'm really tired now. <laughs> Time to go. Uh, yeah, I hate, hate it when people do want to come into your house and then want to look around and you're like, Oh, it's messy here. I wasn't expecting you to come in, so I didn't tidy up. Yeah, I'm dreadful at awkwardly making excuses for things. I remember third wheeling on a date once, and my friend gave me the signal that it was time for me to leave and leave them alone. <laughs> Which she decided to do by booting me in the ankle. 
okay. But my friend, I assume there'd be about 50 in This sounds like a comedy from Frasier or something where you're like hopping there going, ow. Well, I assume there'd be many attempted signals before that I just hadn't picked up on. Yeah. I hope there were. Because you know. were probably chatting away, giving more tangents and yeah. stories. <laughs> I really like cats, let me tell you. <laughs> Um, but I didn't but obviously it was a sudden abrupt pain in my ankle my brain's trying to process the fact that I've been kicked and then working out what it meant and then my brain went you need to leave and it just went I need a Mars bar and I just, <laughs> I just walked away um, and he got and then like, I don't know what happened uh, their relationship didn't really go anywhere yeah you probably ruined it with that Mars bar yeah, like. and that's what he said and he like, apparently it was entirely my fault and I was like you can't pin Mars bars on you failing to get no, anywhere. I think you can. Because that's, no. That's, if she wanted you, she'd have wanted you Mars bar or not. Maybe you put in your in her head, she was like, I could do a Mars bar, actually. I, could, I can't <laughs> be friends with him. I'm a Snickers girl. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. But he was very upset about it. But I still say it's not my fault. You know what? What if we're friends who don't see other people? <laughs> You mean like exclusive friends? Why not? Hmm? I mean, this has been the most amazing week. I mean, would it be so terrible? Even if we were friends who, mm. who've lived together. <laughs> or maybe someday friends who, who stood up in front of their other friends and vowed to be friends forever. <laughs> You know we're back where we were. Honey, I would love to do all that, but nothing's changed. That's not true. You don't have a mustache. <laughs> okay, okay, one thing's changed. But we still want different things, and we know how this is going to end. You know what? I got to walk out of here right now. Because getting over you is the hardest thing that I have ever had to do. Um, I don't think I could do it again. I know I couldn't. Yeah. So. <laughs> How about one last game of racquetball? <laughs> See, this is why backsliding is such a bad idea. It's, it's, is that a tennis reference? No, it's oh. like a term, like it's oh, a okay. dating term for like going back to someone you, you, you've left. Oh, okay. It's just fraught with pain. There's no point. Like, how often does it work out? Probably not. You broke um, up for a reason. I don't know. Sometimes you can work over those reasons. Depend it depends what the reason is, right? And for Monica. You know, maybe she's okay not having children. I don't think she ever would be. Uh, Richard had already said he was okay having another child, so I think he could have worked with that and probably wouldn't have regretted it all that much. No, I mean, we, we are definitely champions of what could have been on this podcast, mm. and I will never, ever forgive the Rise of Friends for not having Joey and Celtic Kelby and anything. Um, and, I, you know, I miss Richard, and yep. I was glad he was back, however briefly. Yeah, well, he comes back again in the future. He does. Every time Richard comes back, it's great. But yeah, there, there should have been more Richard, right? But I, I think, you know, there's potential it could have worked out for them both. Because Richard had already kind of given in anyway. Yeah, I, I get what Richard, like, his apprehension, if he doesn't want to be that, you know, 
that dad at the playground where everyone's like, is that your granddad? And like mm. the weird kind of, you know, he can't. I raise. mean, he's Magnum PI, so he wouldn't ever get that. But no, yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, I understand that apprehension. But at the same time, I'm like, well, it's not like he wants to be running around having adventures because by the time the kid's at the point where he can't do that, Richard's going to be too old to probably do that anyway. Yeah. So, but at the same time, you know, he's had kids before, so he's open to having children. It's not like he's going to ruin his life by being like, I never ever wanted children. And now I'm having it to be with you, and that's going to be a sticking point. So, true. I, I think it would be fine, but obviously it doesn't work out. But imagine if we had like a looking glass and could see into a different dimension where Monica and Richard stayed together. And imagine what it would do to poor Chandler's mind if Chandler and if Monica and Richard conceived a baby naturally. Oh, oh. that would crush Chandler. Uh, would it? Well, yeah, because he's got lazy sperms and Monica's. Got yeah, but 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 he doesn't know any of this. Not yet. But I just think, you know, if we could drop into that, you know, post, post-adoption post episode and be like, right. yo, Chandler, you know, in this other dimension. Okay, if you told him like, what happened, right. Yeah, I just want to tell okay. him. I just want to, I don't want to torture poor Chandler. <laughs> I'm just intrigued as to, you know, uh, can you imagine what that episode would be like? It'd be great. But <laughs> You know what? It's, it's only like 5pm here. <laughs> this feels like a 2am, <laughs> you know, not quite with it in the mind conversation. I've been watching lots of sci-fi. My dimensions are everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Joey enters the girl's apartment and he looks really upset. Beth from Little Women Mark is really sick. He's really sick. Yeah, really sick. And uh, Rachel comforts him and it's time to put Little Women into the freezer, which is a really weird sentence. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's time to put the book in the freezer. Yeah. Um, poor Joey. I mean, it, stories that, you know, affect you and get you invested are fantastic, but it, it is weird, this kind of strange emotional character grief that we're able to feel for for fictional entities. Well, certainly you look at like 50 shades of gray is like the, one of the iconic books where lots of people were really invested in like the, the main character makes me sad and, for and, our culture, and, but and who he was and what he did and everything. And yet if you existed like that in real life, no one would like you. I'm, I'm honestly not familiar enough with it to fairly comment, but right. yeah. So, you know, as you say, with, with books, you know, you can get invested. Same with, with games. Films, I don't think you have enough time to get invested with a character. But a book, I guess, because it's, it's internal, uh, you can fill in the gaps with your own preferences. And generally, books are written to have quite likable characters. Yeah. And because, same, same with Friends, you know, you look at Friends as a show and you're like, I wish my life was like that. And it's like, yeah, you're just getting the highlights. You don't see the bit where, where Chandler's in the bathroom for half an hour or eating food or... You know, wondering what to do today. Yeah. Like, you, you just get the, the cool, fun highlights. You're like, yeah, that's such a great life. I'd love to have that. It's like, well, no, you'd miss all the boring bits. Yeah, I'd happily have, like, days of my life planned out by a comedic comedy team. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there are definitely moments where you're like, I want to say this line because I know it'd be really funny, but there's no studio audience to listen and the person I'm saying it to would get upset and offended. Yeah. Malcolm in the Middle used to make me upset that I didn't have a weird camera I could just turn to randomly <laughs> and say comments at. And then for a while I would talk to God, even though I don't believe in God, right. because I like it in scrubs when Turk does it. Okay. It's <laughs> like, you know how you mean talk to God in front of me? And I'm like, I I'll feel just... like it could be an interesting character trait if you just did it without realising that you're doing it sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'd just do it deliberately. Yeah, yeah. And people would just be like, why is he doing it? Oh, it's just what Ryan does. Someone says to me, and I just go, is this guy kidding? And then just, <laughs> yeah. just, just look to the right every time I do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably be really obnoxious and rude, but it could be fun. I mean, it could be an eccentric quirk, right? I don't think I'd have many friends for long, but we can give it a go. We'll, yeah, exactly. We'll try it on a night out and see yeah. what happens. 
But uh, that's the end of our episode. Books are in the freezer. Uh, it's a good episode. Yeah, it's all right. It's not. It's not the worst. No, I mean, there's a reason we got so excited about the preceding episodes and or follow episode rather and kind of I, forgot this one. I, I quite like all the Phoebe stuff. I think that's that that flow of of comedic energy is quite good. There's a lot of lot of puns, a lot of enjoyment. I mean, uh, it's to me, it's, it's really weirdly situated in the sense that we kind of where it sits in the run of the series. It's it's kind of like oh, Monica and Richard again, and poignant relationship things that that don't really get, I guess, the fair crack it deserves. But at the same time, knowing what's coming up, I'm like, I don't want any more of that. We're about to get the mother load of traumatic relationship yeah. time. We don't need more from this episode. So I guess it, it just kind of feels a bit filler. Yeah, but uh, Friends filler is better than you know most other shows' best moments. So. Certainly, the next episode feels that way at least at least thinking about it now maybe when we get into it it'll be better than i'm thinking um but yeah it's, it's a fine episode it, it has its very funny moments definitely a couple of classic lines you know put the mouse back in the house is is a classic one but yeah there's there's not a lot really going on we get some character development with joey for sure uh but you know we still have some characters that don't have a lot to do ross has nothing to do Chan has nothing to do no no need to get testy i mean yeah like yeah, you said yeah. there are some great comedic lines but it, it's not it's not going to be up there in the crucial moments of Friends. No. But uh, it's still enjoyable. Oh, I guess that's the end then. That's it. We'll wrap it up. Yeah. We, we're going to put our mouse back in our house and go away for a week. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Uh, no, I am fully clothed right now. Oh, okay. We'll put the podcast back in the podcast. Okay, that sounds better because I think people thinking we're sitting here naked. If people want to think that, Mark, don't ruin it for them. Whatever gets us more <laughs> patrons. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's no naked pictures on there. Yet, sadly. <laughs> uh, yeah, why don't you give us the socials, Ryan? It's been a few weeks since you've done a social. Uh, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash watching friends, uh, watch friends pod on Facebook and Twitter. And do we have an Instagram? No. I feel like Jess is going to run it when we do have one. Yeah, you, you was meant to arrange that, but you haven't. She's been very busy, to be fair. Okay. She's planning a wedding at the minute. So you, you need to, to get on our socials a bit more. Uh, I need to fix the watchingfriends.com website. I don't think the, the contact form works currently. Uh, I'd like to make the website look nice. So it looks really janky. I, I knocked it up very quickly Fair. just so we'd have somewhere for the episodes to go. Uh, I'd like to do a nice one. I just need to find a bit of time. Um, but why should they join our Patreon, Ryan? Because I think that's the most important thing and the thing that people should care about the most. Well, obviously, you enjoy the content we bring you thus far. And Patreon has exclusive content you can't get anywhere else. <laughs> what, what, more, more cat chat? <laughs> yeah, more, more talking about cats. Uh, we're, going, we're currently going through Joey, um, working our way through Joey in the same manner that we do Friends. Um, and it's actually a lot more interesting than you may initially assume, given you're kind of going, oh, and roll your eyes at the fact that Joey is a series even exists. It's actually, there's actually a lot more to get into than you think. And I think we need to do another random episode where we just have some thoughts and feelings about Something friends related. Yeah, I mean, we probably mentioned it quite a lot, but the the when we made our pros and cons list about each of the friends characters, that was a much more in depth and fun episode, and in way more involved than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be Ross is a Burke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Phoebe is wacky and cool, and no, it was it, it gets very deep. So if you're intrigued on our thoughts of the gang, other than you know, we all know Mark hates Ross. Don't you don't need to pay us to find that out. That's no. free. That's free. <laughs> don't give everything away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, check it out. We really appreciate it. It does help us do things like get more mics and get more people on. Um, at some point, we'd like to do an episode where a friend of mine is going to come on and battle Jess in a uh, trivia war. 
and become the Watching Friends Trivia Champion. Because the, uh, uh, is that going to be like the first annual? Yep. We should do that. And then you know, if it, if people like it, we can expand it out, and they can join in, and they can be like teams, and you know, a ghost and other great moments. Yep, definitely. I really, 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 we might have to like separate them because like a cage match. Yeah. But just put, put them in cages. Yeah. <laughs> two from cages. I they're going to get very competitive yeah. when, uh, when Richard Jess have to go toe-to-toe. I just want to be like Ross and just be doing the, the quick-fire buzz around. We were, we were doing a friend's quiz at work the other day, and it was myself and my friend Rich, who I work with. Um, one of our colleagues, Jack, he's like the quiz master at work, and he will always, if we were on lunch together, pull out a quiz, and we'll go for a quiz. And he was going through, and he found a friend's quiz. And he went, oh, this would be funny for you and Ryan, and did like two or three questions, and we got them all right. And they're really obscure stuff, like blah, 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 but I can't think of something. You don't know anything obscure in Friends. <laughs> well, this is the thing. And he was like, you know what? We're going to keep doing Friends questions until you guys get one wrong, and then we'll go back to general knowledge. So everyone else just sat around waiting for the Friends quiz to end. We answered 54 consecutive questions wow. before we got it wrong. <laughs> and it was probably, of those 54, it's probably like, I don't know. 30 to him and then the rest to me it was very close um, the one that stumped us was what is Rachel's bra size why would you know that it comes up in an episode did she take the, the wire out yeah and Rich couldn't remember and my brain went is it 32C but I didn't, so I didn't I didn't guess and then Jack was like oh it's 32C and I was like god damn it I knew it and yeah. I still just guessed because I I what if I you know you've got in the back of your mind the brain tells you an answer and you're like I have no knowledge as to why I know this answer yeah. so I'm just going to say it I should have done that because yeah. I did that earlier on in the quiz and it continued the quiz yeah. um, half the room were impressed that we managed to answer so many questions um, half weren't they were just like that's really sad <laughs> and then when I explained that it's embarrassing if I'd got any wrong because I run a friends podcast they all went oh and then it made sense <laughs> yeah if only they had read our reviews <laughs> <laughs> My uh, my friend's knowledge was suddenly excused once they found out there was a podcast. Yeah, which I then tried to make them more subscribed to. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they're listening now, and uh, they'll be talking to you about cats in the future. Yep, that, that's the way to shut down my workplace. If you bring <laughs> an animal in, we will all stop working and just play with the animal. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Oh, is, that, is that that how you want to end the podcast? Yeah, bring bring me animals. <laughs> <laughs> But no, you should definitely join our Patreon. Um, and, you know, once the contact form is working, do get back in touch because we do like talking to you. You can, you can message us on Twitter and Facebook and you can definitely message us on the Patreon. Yep. We'll. I don't even think you need to join it to message us on there. I mean, you should join it. Yeah. I'm going to read those ones first. And we, and we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and we, do, we, we do reply to every message we get as well. We do. We're very nice. Like well, that, I do. You, you, you've never even set foot in there, so I need to show you it. Yeah, I need the login details and then, then there'll be a lot of conversation about cats and tea. Yep. And people unsubscribe. Right, let's let's end this now. It's it's stretching out. All right. It's a cheerio from me. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>